If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. For 12-Pack Radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news in the home of the Bader and College Football Statistical Model. I'm Bryant. He's Rob. We are here on week nine to preview all the games in the Pac-12 Conference of Champions, and then look back at week eight. Our apologies for being out last week. I think we mentioned it on the podcast, but we didn't mention it over Twitter. Um, I was out on vacation. Rob was holding down the fort and just uh, and and really just watching UCLA stomp all over Stanford for for all of you. Um, unfortunately, YouTube TV does not work on international Wi-Fi, so I wasn't able to watch last week's games. But I did check the box scores, and I'm looking forward to. Um, the games coming up this week, I was also able to watch most of the games the previous week on, uh, I, was, I was telling Rob before we were recording, uh, YouTube TV, not available. Any of the American streaming <laughs> companies, not available in London. And so, so I'm actually watching, the, the only thing that was available was they would they would play the game if you put your mouse over the preview, like little slides on each on each square of YouTube TV. So if you can imagine this, it's me at three in the morning, like screaming at the television when there's no sound, uh, because it w- with like an enlarged, you know, like just zooming in, like I'm like it's the Zabruda film. I'm trying to find the bullet and stuff. Anyway, I, it was it was fun. The games were exciting, and we're here to talk about them. Rob, you you were able like I. I I cracked the box scores open. I did as much as I could and kind of figure out what happened last week. But what were your general impressions of somebody who actually watched the games? I mean, I think I have two big takeaways from this last week. One of which is, of course, like UC at USC is eliminated from the, I mean, I think there's a very reasonable argument. They were eliminated by getting absolutely whomped by Notre Dame. And they were going to have to absolutely win out in fairly impressive fashion against the remainder of their schedule, I think, to, to have a shot at the playoff this year. Um, and uh, although, I mean, maybe Michigan opened things up a bit, <laughs> but that said, the um, you know, losing losing to Utah, I mean, losing to Utah without Cam Rising, I mean, just uh, I, I mean, a profound, I mean, a, a, among a host of other, you know, starters out as well. Um, I'm just profoundly embarrassing for USC. I mean, I think to be where they are now in, in year two of Lincoln Riley's tenure is, um, not where people were. I mean, it's easy to say like, not where people were expecting. Um, but I think more than that, I mean, it just showed like, I mean, they seem like a team that has a lot more problems than they even had last year. I mean, offensively, they've taken a step back from where they were last year. They seem highly dependent on Williams. Um, and the defense has taken a, like the tiniest of small steps forward, um, and it's about equal to say the step forward the Washington defense made or the step forward the Oregon defense made. The problem is, is both of those defenses were better last year. And so USC's defense is still in the 70s. They're a really, really bad power five defense. So they needed to make a much bigger step forward this season. And it's a bummer because it's like wasting yeah. Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean, like how many times? So I, the only game I was able to watch last week was the end of the Utah USC game. I caught the the last fourth quarter as we were like as we landed. Uh, so I'm watching it as my dad's driving us home. Uh, I, I the thing that's interesting to me is that we have talked multiple times about. I mean, like last year or was it two years ago when Caleb Williams? It was last year, the ASU game. Caleb Williams won that game for USC. If Caleb Williams wasn't in the game, ASU beats 
USC at the Coliseum. Like it was a it was a Caleb Williams run around and, and pull like games out of a hat, pull plays out of a hat in order to win that game for for USC. And we were kind of saying, you know, hey, th- there's a lot of this going on, and the wide receivers this year aren't as good as last no. year, and the line. I think it's a combination of two things where I don't think their line is very good. I mean, obviously it's not, but we, that was one of the question marks for us, but I think some of the defensive lines they've come up against this year, uh, really, really challenged Williams. Like I watched the full Notre Dame USC game yeah. in London on the thumbnail. And then I watch, and you could just tell when he's under duress, it's easier when you have better wide receivers that are open that you can throw to. Um, and in this case, like the pressure is immense against him and he just m- has melted down the last two games to a point where like, I mean, I'm hearing national podcasts and national coverage that have like people that legitimately, th- these aren't like, you know, the Fox sports podcast that's covering college football. These are like, like straight up hardcore fans that are, that are basically saying, I don't know about Williams as a first round pick anymore yeah. because under pressure, like, you know, what's he going to look like in the NFL now? I don't think I think that he'll figure it out. Yeah. And I think that uh, it's just kind of a difficult situation for him. But if if Caleb Williams isn't on this USC team, oh. how many games did they actually win? I mean, because like Miller Moss is a mess and that and the offense kind of sucks without without uh, Williams, like for sure sucks without Williams in the running game. It's kind of been a, a it's not bad. Like it, it's been a hit or miss, but it's not like yeah. you could rely on the running game, that, you know, solely like Utah does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, solely is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, like without Caleb Williams, I mean, Caleb, I mean, Caleb Williams kept him in the Arizona game. Like that's, I mean, yep. that sounds like a weird thing to say. <laughs> and yet we live in this world um, <clears throat> where, you know, USC struggled offensively against Arizona, you know, and then they, they, I mean, they had a horror, I mean, a horrible game against the Notre Dame team that had a good game plan. And look, I mean, Utah absolutely made them work for it. Right. I mean, you just got a really good defense um, and they had a better, I mean, like they, without the turnovers, it was a better game for them, I think, than they had against Notre Dame. Um, but still just, a, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think people are underestimating how, and maybe look, if you're a USC fan, like you've had, some, you've had some years that have been disappointing. And yet for the most part, like the PAC 12 hasn't been overwhelming. You're about to go into a world where like Ohio state exists right? Like, uh, you know, like, I mean, you know, Michigan may be in some trouble, but like, I mean, there are at least three programs. Now the rest of the big 10 is not good, but there are three programs in the big 10 that absolutely care. And you're bringing along an Oregon and Washington program that all of a sudden, like look like they've got it kind of figured out. Um, and UCLA made a far better defensive coordinator hire than you did. Um, so I, I just, I'm, I think for the, I mean, like, I mean, this, I, let's be honest. Without Caleb Williams, they may even lose to Colorado. I mean, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Or like a, a, that ASU game, right? Right. right. Like the, the ASU game was close too. Holy smokes! Right. Like, and and we and we saw what we have seen the Miller Moss experiment. Like, and it is bad, and it is and good for him for getting a USC degree and going on right. and doing big things. But um, no, I mean, I like they've got to be hoping like, that star freshman that they recruited in that's sitting behind Miller Moss is, is ready to go next season. Cause like, but just to have like completely wasted Caleb Williams like this, I mean, yeah, he won the Heisman and he was fantastic and he's been great at times this year, maybe even better considering the surrounding cast. But I just, I mean, it's just, it's shocking to me that they find themselves in this place. Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, other, other results here, you know, Oregon beats Washington state, Washington beats Arizona state. I, I use that's my other takeaway loosely. is Washington came yeah, way but, back to earth. Way. What was that? Like I, I, I woke up and looked at the box score and what, what the heck is this? Like I, I, that was, that, I mean, and that line was like 25 or 20. I mean, it was, it was a big line yeah. in Washington for all intent. Like I read all the stories on this. Like I, I saw the, the clips of the holding call and the pick six afterwards. Like, they they probably should have lost this game. What happened? <laughs> yeah, they probably should have lost this game. Um, look, ASU and um, Brian Ward is their defensive coordinator. Came from Washington State. We thought that was a good hire when they made it. He came in with a great game plan, but it was totally like so. Like what Arizona had done, which I thought had, they had done well, and Arizona didn't have the bodies on the defensive line to really pull off. Was Arizona had just dropped in the coverage. And basically, like you did, like Penix took a lot of underneath stuff in that game. Um, ASU came in and relentlessly 
blitzed Penix, <laughs> like just relentlessly blitzed him, um, and relied on their corners to like be able to cover, you know, for long enough to like put him under duress. And Washington's offense folded. I mean, look, I mean, there's going to be some Washington fans that are going to take umbrage at that, but like your offense freaking sucked in this game. Like you did not put up an offensive touchdown. I don't want to hear any like defenses of like what happened. Like you guys were awful against ASU's defense. I mean, and look like ASU's defense, this is a standout performance. I think it's a real signature, you know, performance from Ward and his guys. And like, um, they should feel really proud of how they came in and played. Um, but like they had to, I mean, Washington very much had to rely on, and yeah, there was some holding in the first half too, but like it felt, it felt very much like Washington was getting a little home cooking, like, oh, don't let's not take out the, the playoff contender from the, you know, the Pac-12 refs. Cause there were a couple, even before that missed holding call on the flag, they picked up, which was bananas. Um, even before that, there were a couple other fairly egregious Washington holds or interference on ASU receivers that didn't get called. Um, and, and it's not that ASU has some ama- I mean, like Washington's defense isn't that good either. They're in the 40s right now in beta rank. But ASU's offense like definitely had enough opportunities to potentially put this game away and didn't. I mean, we've talked about like the, you know, the, the kudos to ASU. They've continued to play hard throughout this. Like, I think that's a really good sign for what may be to come. Offensively, they have a big journey out of them I think still defensively I think Ward's made a huge difference right off the bat but like the big takeaway is like man wash like Washington is entirely reliant on that offense um and they looked really vulnerable I mean really vulnerable right I mean like if you took away the tape of what Arizona did and what ASU have done to Washington if you have the guys and I mean maybe you know there's not a ton of folks that do but like I mean Utah could be a really really miserable game for Michael Penix. Like after if, if, if Morgan Scali turns on the ASU tape and the Arizona tape, but even with Lander Barton out now for Utah <laughs> for the season, Utah's got the guys with like Ellison company to make that a miserable, miserable game for Washington. Yeah. I asked on Twitter, you know, Hey, Hey everyone, what happened in that game? And, and to their credit, a bunch of Washington fans were like, yeah, that sucked. That, that was pretty yeah. bad. Um, and, and the, the, the thing that worries me is well, and I have two questions. The, the big worry is if, if ASU is blitzing and, and is getting home, right? Like Washington's recruited fairly well on the offensive line for multiple years. Yeah. That worries me. Cause right. They're going to come up against, like you mentioned, they're going to come up against Utah. They're going to come up against some fronts that are going to be able to, to get home and, and really make Penix run around. I guess the other question is, were they were they playing their starters in the beginning? Were they kind of keeping this? You know, one of the things that worry me about some of these games, like when you're playing Cal. Or, I mean, this is kind of the first year where the the conference has multiple playoff contenders yeah. that are like legit in the hunt. So I was wondering, like, it's funny because I, I I woke up, I looked at the the score, and I went, oh yeah, another another you know desert dog game, and I'm like, oh no, that was at it home. Was at home. <laughs> so, so were they were they were they playing a lot of young guys no, or no, was it, just- it was like they, I mean they just they got cut I mean like ASU look offensively ASU did not have I mean ASU has some limitations offensively for sure um but like Washington's offense just got cooked by Ward in this game um and look I mean like I said like there's a plenty of opportunity like I mean I I don't like because Washington offense is obviously going to bounce back and everything like that. But like this, to, I mean, it's a funny one. Like Oregon and Arizona's defensive ratings fell by a non-trivial amount, even though like, uh, you know, like Oregon had a pretty decent game against Washington state wise. What hurt him was that like Washington all of a sudden really fell back right? Like Washington's offense really fell back from where they were. I mean, this is like, this puts Washington in the range and they do have an opportunity, I think, to improve over the rest of the season. But like, I mean, where they could and look, there's no juggernauts in college football this season. But like, yeah, like you don't if you're Washington, you don't want to go up against Ohio State's defense. Like, no, no, not, not at, at all. all. Right. Like, you don't want to go up against a real. I mean, like, you just got this done to you by ASU's defense, which is in like the 20s. Right. Like, you know, like the, you don't want to go up against, like, I mean, you're going to get it with Utah. Um, you know, like you don't want to go up against one of these because like, I mean, like maybe Pendix doesn't have two interceptions, you know, that really hurt you, but like, 
they looked really vulnerable as if teams had like been able to put like with the time with the tape and been able to put together a good game plan for them, which, uh, you know, it didn't look like, and again, like they still put up points and they still won that Arizona game, but it didn't look like until that Arizona game, anybody had figured out how to slow them down. And they went out a really good, they did. They had a really good outing against Oregon, but like, buddy, like if I guarantee you defensive coordinators across the conference, like Washington better have some answers to that because like, it's not just like that. They went after Penix and blitzed him. It's that like guy, like the hot routes weren't open. They weren't finding guys like, you know, like, um, you know, ASU said like, you're not going to be this deep because you're not going to have the time and it worked. All right. Well, that that's something we're gonna have to keep an eye out here because, like, after Washington beat Oregon, and again, like, I watched that game on the thumbnail, yeah. but I watched the whole game, and it was it was that game was so awesome. Like, I was so excited about that game. You know, you had the the fourth and goals, and, the, and a lot of big stops, and the defense really stepped up, and uh, on both sides, it's just a great game. And then you you open this, and you're like, oh, Buzz's girlfriend, woof! Like, yeah. when I saw that that box score. I was just so. It was, it was, it was like, it was almost inconceivable. Like I, cause I'd flipped over after like, I'd been most like I had it on, but I've been mostly watching Utah USC and I like, kind of like looked over and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm glad we talked about this because we killed USC, right. For, for doing the same thing against ASU. So, and, and look, that's a testament to ASU and we we aren't paying as much attention yeah, I mean, and think of all like they barely have an offensive line. They yeah. they're they're starting a former walk-on quarterback that was like the pajama ball hero yeah. of of the world. Like, and uh, who who by the way is like still a good quarterback, but doesn't have the physical tools. So Dillingham, like I'm really impressed with what Dillingham has put together yeah. in his first year. It just and it's quite you know it's been overshadowed by what Colorado's doing, obviously because of all the attention. But that's. Man, that's two big games in a row where they've they've really been able to hold the line, and they took it to Colorado, you know, and almost won that game. Yeah. It's just it was a good. Uh, they beat Colorado. They, no, no, Colorado won it because yeah. uh, of the watch thing. Uh, but but all like ASU is a team where you're like they are not to be effed with. Like if you go into that game, you you, you better have, have a good plan. offensive game plan. Like you because like that defense. Like I, I mean, Ward's good. Like that's like that is the only takeaway that anyone should have from like this this asu team right now is like the offense is a work in progress but like that defense is going to fight you tooth and nail yeah yeah well it's, it's fun to have a team like that yeah. it's a little scrappy and, and able to really mix it up with people all right let's get to the all the games in week nine and let's do it right after this with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline all right we're back we're talking week nine pac-12 football and I mean, obviously the game day, you know, game days and probably whatever Fox's game day thing, they're all going to be at Utah. They're all at Salt Lake City. God bless them. Uh, it's a, it's a light week for college football in general. Like this is clearly the best game. <laughs> even even with Cam <laughs> rising out, you're like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> all attention on Bryson Barnes. And yeah. Uh, just t- taking one for the team, just running into the USC defense here. Uh, let's let's get to that one a little bit later because we, um, because we can. Uh, I want to start at the one o'clock game on Pac-12 Network, number 24, number 24, get out of my face, all these voters, number 24 USC goes on the road to face the Cal Bears, USC is an 11 point favorite on the road, it's opened at 10, it's moved up one, money following USC here, um, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about, obviously, the, the game that they had against USC, I just, one of the things to keep in mind, if, if you didn't watch this game, right, like, there was 14 points 
scored on USC side, that was uh, special teams and a pick six. So, I mean, like that's like 18 points of offense against Utah, as long as my math is okay. Um, but that that's that's pretty rough. Um, and, and it's a testament to Utah's defense. But, I mean, Caleb Williams, 256 yards, no touchdowns. Um, the thing that was interesting to me, was... 7.5 per. I mean, like, they didn't get the ball down the field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Todd Washington was the, the highest pass catcher in that game. It's just, uh, I think that if, if that's the case, like, which is, which is kind of bizarre to, like, say that. It's almost like I'm digging for a stat, but, like, you don't want Taj Washington to be your top receiver, like in any game. You want him to have like four four catches for like eighty, yeah. and that's a pretty good game for him, right? right. So that that basically means that uh, Singer didn't do anything, Rice didn't do anything, Williams didn't do anything, and that's a problem. I did. I you did see might have like Zachary. the fourth or fifth best receiver room in the conference. Like these guys are not getting it done and getting open. Arizona is better. Washington. Washington is better. Oregon. Oregon. I mean, Oregon has uh, what's his face? They have like one guy, right? <laughs> Which the is other guy's- like, who's your see yet? I mean, like, <laughs> that's a, uh, if uh, USC had a guy, like some of these other guys would be more <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> so, so is Colorado's core better than USC? Travis Hunter, I would take. Yeah, I would take Colorado's guys. I would. We need to remember in the preseason, we were dumping on like the Colorado homers for saying that they're wide receiver. All right, guys, are you, you win that one. Um, okay. Yeah. I think, I think you're right, which is so crazy when you take a look at who's on, I think we've all, we've all like seen the Brendan Rice show and been like, yeah, I mean like he's fine. When he came over from Colorado, he came in with a lot of hype as a transfer, but it, I didn't see it on the field and he has the tools, but he's really physically really talented and quite fast and somehow disappear like all these guys just disappear in games this thing the dorian singer one is the one that really surprised me because he's good he's just like what on earth is going on like, the, like <laughs> i think i tweeted about this like when usc was playing um arizona like i i bet on arizona i thought arizona was gonna like you know definitely cover the spread but i would have bet a, a hefty amount more if I knew that that uh, Caleb Williams was out there like LARPing as like a falconeer, like if you see all these, you see, you see all these clips of him like during game week, and he he's like at the Oregon Zoo promoting whatever they're doing and a Habitat for Humanity, which is good, like good for him for doing like the nonprofit work. But it just he's on the Wendy's commercials, and I'm like, that's a lot for somebody that's playing college football. Yeah. It just seems like it just it's, it's just it's bizarre to me that. And look, I'd, I'd, if I were him, I'd do the same thing. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll go to the zoo, man. I'll see some Falcons. That's awesome. But it just, it just strikes me as like, this offense is off. Yeah. And, and he's had a couple bad weeks in a row. And yeah. um, I don't know. And like any, anything else to, to mention? I mean, you, you take a look over at what Utah did to him. I mean, like Bryson Barnes really like the highlight plays are, were him running. Yeah. Um, he did have three touchdown passes, though. And uh, Sione Vaki, like, we need to talk about him. Yeah. Right? They bring out a safety, right? right. Throw him in the, in the backfield. And all of a sudden, he's, it's like the most Utah thing ever, right? right. Like, oh, well, we bring another safety in, and he's going to be awesome. Um, although, like, you know, Vaki was just the truth in terms of that he had this, that one of those moves where he just stops on a dime and, like, the USC, which USC tacklers fall over everybody yeah. all the time anyway, oh, yeah. but it was more pronounced when Vaki was catching the ball. Uh, anything about the defense? I mean, obviously, we've dumped on it forever, but, um, you know, 34 to Utah uh, with a backup quarterback. Like, wh- why have we not fired Alex Grinch yet? I'm, oh, uh, I know. I, I'm no, I mean, so like I'm trying to remember the guy that's the the former Oregon player's name. Like he was commenting on like uh, USC couldn't set the edge um, all game defensively, and their defensive line, particularly with Bear Alexander not out there, was like really small and just got pushed around. And this isn't like a vintage Utah offensive line; they're okay. Um, and like I think I believe I'm trying to remember, like now I got to remember when Bear Alexander got ejected. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was at the very end. It was like in the last three minutes. Oh, it was. Game. Yeah. Oh, well then. Yeah. Well, it didn't matter when he was out there either, if they were setting the edge, but like, it's a big problem. I mean, like, and then he's going to miss like the first half of this Cal game too. Um, this, I mean, this USC defense, I mean, we talked about is they're just, they're a real, they're a real problem. Right. I mean, um, and they're currently, you know, like sitting at, 
um, 77 overall in beta rank. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. I, I guess like one thing in, in Bear Alexander's defense. So he had two massive penalties here. The last one oh. where uh, I, that was like, that was bad call. Like it just, won. that was a ridiculous like, yeah. call. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate it. I was laughing out loud just cause it was so dumb. And I'm like, ah, they're going to, Utah's going to get some somehow or some way they're going to get into field goal position. And they did with that, that Barnes run. But yeah, yeah, that, that was a bad call. If you're a USC fan, wanted to make sure you knew that we, we did see that it was, it was bad. Um, but you got, you got to stop the backup quarterback. That's a, a former walk on son of a pig yes, farmer. God, God bless, bless him. him. Um, <laughs> so they play, they, they, they face Cal. Yeah. Um, do we know what Cal is yet? I mean, they're not good. No. I know that. Um, what do we got here? So Cal right now says it's 60 overall in beta rank. Um, and they're really struggling defensively. They're at 82 overall in beta rank right now. And they're at 106 in effective pass. They're at 65 in effective rush. But that 106 in effective pass is a real problem, particularly against the USC team that currently is at 25 overall. They're at number eight offensively in beta rank, which is a step back from where they were last year, but they're at number four in effective pass. Um, Right now, this USC defense is at 77 overall. Now, Cal's offense with the new offensive coordinator has actually kind of started to put it together. They're at 34 overall in beta rank. Um, They're at 17 overall in effective rush versus 67 in effective pass. Like, they can run the ball pretty well. I think that's going to make this for a little bit of an interesting game. I feel like this is definitely a get right game for Caleb Williams in the offense, getting to go against a Cal defense. It is really struggling. Right. Um, but the, um, you know, like the, the, the flip around, I mean, the flip side of it is of course, is like this Cal team is all of a sudden, like they've got to be pretty excited about facing this U- or this UCLA defense. Or I mean this USC defense. Yeah. I, so my, my only worry here, it's it's interesting, right? Because like Fernando Mendoza is the is the quarterback yeah. here for for Cal. Um, they they are going to be able to do some stuff on the ground, but I mean, how much, right? Like I I know USC's defense yeah. is bad, but when the threat through the air, I mean, like Mendoza is Mendoza. Right. Like I mean, if I mean, who knows what you can do against this USC? <laughs> defense but like i mean he's not gonna have more than 300 yards maybe 250 max right and maybe like a two touchdowns and a pick is probably the best like that's the best game i think he can do against usc and that's not good enough like i think you need a quarterback utah's a little bit different because their defense is so good i think if you have a bad defense you need somebody that can throw the ball i don't know if cal's gonna be able to do this and keep up like my worry is that like usc quits that which is a distinct possibility and there's no better place to quit than in uh, Berkeley right. where like it's sleepy. Nobody's there. And you're just like, what am I? I don't even care anymore. I don't even care anymore. I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, they're, I mean, they put up 40 on Oregon state, you know, um, this Cal offense did now they're not, they're not good. Like, I mean, they're, they're middle of the power five. That's a significant improvement from where they've been. So it opened at 10, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I think USC is going to be able to put up a lot of points here. I think Cal in particular, their struggles to defend the pass are a massive problem in this game. Um, and I think they're going to give up a lot of points to this USC team. And that's where it's like, it starts to wonder, like, does Cal get discouraged? Does Mendoza have a pick? I think they are going to be able to run the ball. And I think they're going to put up some points. But I do think this game is one of those ones that, like, it could be that like that Oregon State game with Cal where Oregon State, like, puts up a ton of points on them. And then Cal just is like kind of also like scoring some points, but not as often in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take USC. I think that I was, so I set the line at 10 and it was 10 um, when it opened. I'm like, Oh, good for me. Good for me. But, um, and even though it passed that key number, I just think, I don't know if, I don't know if USC is on full quit watch yet. And I think that this is a game where they get all their frustration out because we've seen what they can do when they play bad secondary. We saw what they did against Stanford. Now Stanford is in its own league in terms of how bad that secondary is. But, um, I just, I just think that like as much as we've dumped on the wide receivers, this is still a good offense. Uh, and I just don't know if Cal have the horses. I'll take USC. I think that they're going to be able to take care of business here. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take the Trojans too. I mean, I just, I think that Cal secondary is a real problem. Okay. All right, next game, 
4 o'clock p.m. on Fox Sports 1, number 5 Washington <laughs> goes into to play Stanford. They go into that, that sleepy farm. Does, does uh, Washington still have that Stanford problem? I don't think the answer yeah. is yes. I think this is a totally different Stanford team. Um, Washington comes in as a 26-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Stanford. Um, look, we, we talked a, a lot about what Washington was able to do against USC, you know, or against, I'm sorry, ASU. Anything else you want to mention in that game before we just break down what they can do against Stanford? No, I mean, I think we covered, like, the important parts of that game <laughs> like, in, in yeah. depth. So how bad is Stanford? They are pretty darn bad. <laughs> I mean, this... <laughs> I mean, this Stanford team's at 99 overall on beta rank. They're at 121 on defense. I mean, that's the real thing is like, I mean, UCLA just walloped them. The only good game they've had defensively, really, you can make an argument, is like that game against Arizona. Um, they're at 114 in effective pass, 118 in effective rush. Um, they're they're going to give up a lot of points. This Washington offense is number six overall, number one in effective pass. And Stanford's offense is also bad. Number 94 overall in beta rank. Um, they are really struggling with both the run and the pass. 85 in effective rush, 75 in effective pass. Um, they get a Washington defense that's 40 overall um, in beta rank, 49 in effective rush, 41 in effective pass. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is not going to be a fun day for Stanford. No, the 26 and a half is a good line. I think I set it at 25 or 20. I know th- I actually did 21. Uh, that, that was one of the, the lines where I was off and it popped. I think it went from 25 to 26 and a half yeah. already. So the money has jumped on Stanford. I get why. Um, or I'm sorry, the money's coming on Washington and I get why because Stanford stinks. And this is an opportunity for Washington to kind of get their act together. My worry here again, though, is taking the foot off the gas. Like when, when I see spreads this big against some really sleepy teams and sleepy games, that worries me a little bit. Um, Stanford should win this game by 40 points. But is there any indication that you have like that they won't step on the gas? Because if you take a look at the numbers, I mean, they should be able to do whatever they want outside running. Like Washington has had a real problem running the ball. And, and I guess like my work. I wasn't as worried um, when their starting running back went out with an, I think it was an ACL tear at the beginning of a, a spring yeah. ball. Um, I'm like, oh, whatever. They got like four guys behind them. They have nobody behind them, that, which is super surprising yeah. to me. It, like, the fact that they can't run the ball. That, I mean, like, but I don't think it matters that much. I just saw with my own eyes what Caleb Williams could do to the secondary. Right. And now you have Michael Penix and three better wide receivers. Right. I, I it seems weird to me, but I, I want to take Washington because this could be like a 50 to nothing game or 50 to seven or 50 to 10. I mean, you're not wrong in that like you could have a little bit of like a take off, take your foot off the gas effect here. Um, but I do think like Stanford just seems to be totally lost. I mean, look, Washington, I mean, like part of what made that UCLA game so bad is like UCLA's defense is really good and they absolutely put the screws down on Stanford and Stanford could do nothing. Right. And so UCLA's bad offense had great field position all freaking game. Right. Like, um, and, and they had Stanford's defense in front of them to be able to put up points. I think this Washington, like, is going to, like, it's going to make it, like, I don't think their defense is anything like UCLA's defense, but their offense is much better. Um, now, do you, like, if you're Washington, do you keep the guys in a little longer if it gets better? I mean, if you're up three scores at halftime, right? Like, how much does Penix play? Do you want to get the bad taste from ASU out of your mouth, right? Like, I mean, because they should roll Stanford pretty quick. Um, I would I would think, <laughs> given Stanford's defensive problems. Um, now, that said, like, Stanford's had some trouble, but, like, they, they, their secondary guys can still cover, Um even though like they're, they don't have a pass rush. Um, but I don't think that's going to help them here. Like, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be in some trouble. Like I, I, I like Washington in this game. I think the better, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Washington too. I think the better move is to take Washington in the first half and you might have to pay up for it. Like it might be 17 or something, you know, in the first half. Yeah. But that, I mean, as much as I want to see the Dylan Morris show right in the second half, I don't want to put money on the Dylan Moore show. So uh, I think the first half line is probably the move here, but I will take, I will lay the points. I'll take Washington along with you. Um, knowing right now, like if I do this, if I actually bet it again, it'll be first half. Like I don't think I'm going to put money on this for a full game. Um, knowing that just, 
I, I'm just a little worried about that that back half where they take the foot off the gas, put in the um, and say. But I but I do think like if they hadn't um, if they hadn't been so crappy against ASU, yeah. I think this is a game where like yeah you know maybe they can maybe maybe Stanford can cover. But I'll take the dogs. Let's go to the next game here. We have um, 4:30 p.m. on ABC national game national game Colorado the Colorado show goes on the road once again playing number 23 UCLA so UCLA still ranked after um, after just whooping up on Stanford um, Colorado comes in as a 17 point underdog on the road at UCLA um, I don't think it's enough like I <laughs> like I, so I was I was furious just furious with Chip Kelly for uh, leaving uh, Dante Moore in the game. Like Dante Moore stinks. Yeah. He does. He'll maybe he'll be better later, but he stinks. And the fact that they, he actually put Garbers in this game against Stanford gives me a little bit more hope. The fact that, uh, you know, they'll actually be able to move the football. Um, this defense is really good. And I know Colorado can move the football, um, but against a good defense, I'm curious to see how many points they actually put on the board. Meanwhile, you flip it around and UCLA is going to run all the F over Colorado. Oh. I, just, I just, I'm curious. Oh, this is such a bad matchup for Colorado. Like, so uh, UCLA is at 13 overall at beta rank. Colorado is at 78. UCLA's offense is at 31 overall. They're at 11 in effective rush versus 65 in effective pass and still not great at throwing the football. But this Colorado defense is at 113 overall. They're at 123 in effective rush. Like this is this is a that that side of the ball is a really bad matchup. But then you flip it like Colorado is 49 overall in beta rank on offense, 21 in effective pass. But they get a UCLA defense that is good against the run and the pass. They're at number two overall in beta rank, just behind Ohio State. Um, number four in effective rush. Number four in effective pass. Like this is a this is a really bad match for Colorado. <laughs> um, like it was at fifteen beta ranks naive spread as at twenty four, almost twenty five. You know, like and and I like look. I mean, like. I just I think this could be a really long day for Shadur Sanders on the road yeah. too. I mean, like it's not like the Rose Bowl is this you know uh, maniac. No, no, they've taken out now. now some of this nuts, is but... like maybe Colorado fans <laughs> or coming in, <laughs> but they've taken some of the tarps off of the Rose Bowl to raise the um, the capacity um, because like people are buying tickets. Well, that's interesting. Um, there's gonna be a lot of quiet Colorado fans because there's nothing worse than than your team getting run over and over and over and over the entire game and you not being able to do anything about it. I think that's what happens here. 17's a lot. It opened at I think it opened at 15, uh, so it's it's popped towards a, a key number in terms of 17. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay them. I think UCLA just smokes Colorado and and get some of their frustrations out. The one thing that I'm a little worried about is Garbers. Like just you know how many picks does he throw in this game? It's gonna be at least one. Yeah. So, but but like I'm not as worried about it because I do think that the the defense really puts the screws here against Colorado and they, they score like 17 points in the game. Yeah, I think this is gonna be. I mean, much like the Utah game later on, this is gonna be a really long day for Sanders. The quarterback not the not the db maybe the db too <laughs> you, might have, you might be having to come up and run support a lot um but yeah i mean like Colorado. i mean if you are you see if you like if you throw the ball more than like 15 times in this game you're an idiot like you are like just run the ball right down their throat all right we're gonna get to all the other games including the game of the week and we're gonna do it right after this It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Back half of week nine. We're going to go into, uh, we talked about ASU. Really excited about this game. Washington State goes on the road. They're a six and a half point favorite in Tempe against Arizona State. Uh, Washington State, one of the games we didn't talk about, Rob, was their performance against Oregon. Washington State came out um, kind of on fire. They really took control of the game. Oregon came back over time to to be able to close this out. I didn't get eyes on this game as much as like at, at all, actually, like I mentioned before. Um, I'm uh, curious if, if you had any impressions on what happened there and, and what you can project going into this game against ASU. Yeah, I mean, I think this... Um I think ASU had a, I mean, sorry, uh, Washington State had a pretty good game against Oregon, like in the first couple of sequences. Um, and after that, like it, it really went downhill for them. Look, I mean, Cam Ward threw for a lot of yards. He had 9.1 per, but I would also say for like large stretches of the game, he it was he looked ineffective and like they couldn't sustain drives. They couldn't keep things going. Oregon found a really, I mean, found ways to get off the field and they ran for a lot of yards against them. Um, I like, I mean, I like this, I, I mean, I, I, like, I, I, like, I do think like Ward showed some improvement, particularly over what we have seen, like the past couple weeks, like he didn't look as bad, um, certainly as he did against Arizona or UCLA, but still a pretty rough outing. And of course they have no run game at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, Oregon was able to really take control and like the, the run defense was really the, the, the real, I think significant problem here for Washington state. I mean, Oregon was able to just absolutely grind them. Huh? So it could be the Cam Scadabo, like, you know, extreme, uh, experience against them coming up. I, here's the thing I saw, like, this was the one line where I was just way off on. I, I had this at, as a, I think I did it at like 12 for Washington state but they go up against like a decent ASU defense. And now I'm starting to understand like why the line opened so low. I think it started at five. It's moved up to six and a half. I still believe in this Washington state team, but not as much as I, as I did. Um, I think one of the things that's interesting to me was like their wide receivers are legitimately good. Um, and we saw what ASU was able to do against Washington. Can we project that into this game? Like, is that a one-off? Because that's just, I mean, <laughs> Because on paper, like if, if I hadn't if I hadn't seen the box score, that, right? We don't want to overreact yeah. to the game before, right? It's it, this is like a one one game sample out of many. Um, I just I just feel like um, like Washington State should be able to move this football at least through the air. They won't be able to do it on the ground. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, what's what's ASU? What are ASU's defensive? So ASU's against? defense is really interesting, and like maybe this makes it an even better matchup for them. So. Washington State's offense is at 37 overall in beta rank. They're at 13 in effective pass. This ASU defense is at 22 overall in beta rank. They're at 14 in effective rush. 41, I mean, sorry, 14 in effective pass. 41 in effective rush. That doesn't help you very much if you're Washington State. But 14 in effective pass. They do a pretty good job shutting down the passing game. Um, now, ASU has some problems in here. They're at 126 overall in special teams. They're at 107 on offense in beta rank, and they're at 120 in effective rush um, versus 91 in effective pass. They're really – that offensive line, even though you like Scadabo, like they struggle to run the football because the offensive line simply isn't good. Washington State's defense has taken a step back. They're at 63 overall in beta rank. Um, and really, after getting mauled on the ground by both Arizona and Oregon, they're at 82 in effective rush versus 39 in effective pass. Um, I mean, it's, it, the reason the line started out low is likely because of ASU's defense, and that is a pretty good matchup for them. Um, I do like Washington State by about six, six and a half in this game that feels about right um you know like it's uh just because i do think this a like i mean asu just just made just made michael Penix's life miserable <laughs> and i mean I, I think they could do very much the same to cam ward uh, i just don't think they have the horses on offense yeah that that's a bummer like if they had an offensive line I, so I thought that this was going to be like a gimme. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, six and a half, whatever. I'll take that. I'm a little nervous about it, but I'll, I'll take Washington State too. I just, that was a big game for ASU, yeah. and now they got to come home against like 
a team that is still decent. Like this isn't this isn't Colorado. This is a team that that sh- I think if they played Colorado would be like a fourteen point right. favorite. Um, and uh, and I, j- I just think that there's enough there on offense to to be able to get yeah. this done. I'm going to be fascinated to see how many yards ASU is able to get on the ground. I j- I don't trust Borg Borgay. Um, no, I, I like their wide receivers. I like their tight ends, but I just. I think this is a one-dimensional offense. If they had a better quarterback and, and like a few more offensive linemen, I'd be much more interested in ASU. But I'll, I'll take the Cougs also. We've been taking a lot of favorites here, which, you know, when, when we first started, I'd kind of be counting up how many favorites versus how many dogs are we taking. Like, And I'm real, I realize that we're taking a lot of favorites right now. But I just think that the matchups are the matchups and the numbers are the numbers. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, you know. Um, all right. So we're both taking Washington State. Let's take let's take this next game, which I'm fascinated about. So uh, this comes on uh, what what times this game pop up? It better not be on. Uh, damn it, it is um, <laughs> seven thirty p.m. Dang it on ESPN. Uh, number eleven, Oregon State is on the road to play Arizona. Oregon State is a three and a half road favorite against uh, an Arizona team, Rob. That that really has started to, to feel themselves, and and, and rightly yeah. so. Um, the offense is, is clicking. The offensive line is in good shape. Um, both these teams were on a buy. So, uh, I'm, I'm fast. This is a great, this could be a great yeah. game. Um, what, 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 the, what do the numbers say here in terms of the matchups? Because I think that line is stupid. I think Arizona is a good team and they, and I don't think, I don't trust Oregon State's defense. I, th- but I, what think, we got I think Arizona's a good team too. Um, I mean, Arizona's at 28 overall in beta rank right now. Um, Against the 11 beefs. So Oregon State comes in at number 10 on offense. Um, and in particular, they're, they're number seven in effective rush behind the Jim Mahalchuk line and with some pretty good running back development. Number 17 overall in effective pass. I mean, DJU is, he's not spectacular, but he's good. He often makes the right throw. He'll make three, three or four dumb throws a game. He will make three or four throws a game where you're like, wow, that guy looks like an NFL quarterback right there, right? Like he's... He's just he's he's got a little bit of that in him. Um, now this Arizona defense is at forty three overall. Um, they have been a little bit susceptible to big plays, sixty seven overall in explosive drives. Now their run pass split is still affected by having come off and playing um, Washington and then USC. So they're at twenty overall in effective rush, eighty four in effective pass. I do think their pass defense is a lot better than that, um, and they'll continue to improve it. I'm also less like I think their run defense is going to kind of come back to earth a little bit maybe in this game. Um, now offensively, Arizona is at 24 overall in beta rank. There's still some JDL numbers in here, but with Fafita, one thing to keep an eye on is their drive efficiency, which has been their bugbear there. It's been improving significantly. They're up to 68 overall. They were in the one twenties when Fafita took over. <laughs> so this is still a very, this is a very different offense with him running things. Um, they're at 46 in effective rush versus 24 in effective pass. I think even like there are two things holding, like I think their numbers are a little bit better than this 24 overall because you have the Stanford game in there with JDL, you have the Mississippi State game in there too. This Oregon State defense is at 35 overall. Now they're really good at drive efficiency. Like they're they're at number eight overall. There they find ways to get off the field and not give up points. Their offense does put up some points, um, but they're only at 106 in negative drives, not forcing a lot of three and outs or turnovers. Um, and they are they have given up some big plays. Number 33 overall in explosive drives. Arizona 16 offensively in explosive drives. This is a really interesting matchup, right? Like. Um, Beta rank had this actually is a little bit more of a favorite for Oregon State um, at about six points. I mean, that's still not a ton, um, I think. But this game, I do think, I think you're like, I think we are still figuring out what it looks like with Fafita. Meanwhile, one of our other models has it as just Oregon State by two and a half. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I think this is I, like, I, I, this is, I mean, this is a genuinely tough one. I think this game is probably closer to a toss-up. Yeah, I think so too. The thing that really gets me here is Oregon State on the road at Arizona. Like, I think that really matters. Like, there's certain matchups where, like, and we'll talk about this with Utah against Oregon, right? Where you, you go to certain places and you just go, ah, oh, crap. And Tucson is one of those places when the team is like decent. And I, I mean. I think this Oregon State team is rickety. I'm I'm shocked that they're 11th in the country. I mean, like, I know they're good. They're they're good. Their offense is sneaky good. Their offense is sneaky, very effective. 
Like they're not like they don't okay. wow you at any point with anything that they do. They just do it really well. Like they have they have a good scheme, they have good yeah. play calling, they have good execution for the most part. Um, there's just not anybody on this team that you're like that guy is going to get drafted in the first round. There's a bunch of guys who are like that guy might be a like a like a, he might sign an undrafted free agent contract. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, which is which is totally in college football. Yeah. You take those every yeah. time, right? And, and they've got a couple of those tiny guys that like um, that that will. Break but I think one. Arizona uh, can cover. That's a, I mean, like what I don't mean like cover the. I think Arizona can cover Oregon State's wideouts, and I think this is a Justin Flo game. This is a game where you can put in Justin Flo and just let him play run defense and not worry. (laughs) 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 You you cannot put, you could not put him in and ask him to like play complex coverage, (laughs) but my, my word. Well, like, so almost to flip that around though, my worry is, um, I think it's Bolden. I got to go back and look. There's like two tiny, they, they have like eight tiny guys on their team. Oregon state does, but there's two of them that they use for these like tunnel screens. Oh yeah. And no one Arizona's does tunnel screens as well. Caught on the, oh man, the pants are going to be down, and they're going to be trying to, the, you know, like the, the hands going to be reaching down to pull them up, and they trip on themselves. Like that's going to happen at some point in this game, and uh, it is just can Arizona score enough points against this defense? I think they can. Like I think they keep this close. Um, if you're going to give me an extra hook, I will take Arizona. I I really do think this team is good, and. I just don't trust Oregon state to be good enough to be able to take on a good offense on the road with a loud environment. If this was in Oregon state, I would totally take Oregon state. I think that, I think that really home field really matters in this one. I'll take the cats plus three and a half. Um, yeah, three and a half. Like it, yeah, my, three and a half is just, too much. Like it opened it to like, I, I, I think three and a half is a little too much. Like I, I I'll take Arizona. The thing that, that if, if Oregon state, um, th- this is what I would look out for. If Oregon State is trailing, um, or if they're went like how, how much are they going to rely on that run, and how good is it? Because it's good. I know it's good, but like that's the one. That's the one like spear that they they hit in the grass that they can use, yeah. right? Just to see how effective that is. Like when when Arizona's on a roll, or if, or if, uh, Oregon State needs to catch up and just really put points on the board. I'm really interested to see that match. Well, look, I mean, like I think. <sighs> I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Johnny Manson, but I think Dwayne Akeen has made a huge difference on this staff. Both of these teams are coming off buys. I could not be more interested in seeing what Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren's game plan is with two weeks to plan and what Arizona with like Dwayne Aquina like is going to do defensively because he's had, he had a good game plan for Washington. He had a good game plan for USC. He had a great game plan for Washington state, right? Like, Dude, they smoked Washington yeah. State. I mean, we like, didn't have a chance to talk right. about that because I mean, we were right. they, they dismantled them. Like, <laughs> uh, we didn't even talk about the the uh, Colorado. And we're uh, assuming Fafita's going to play. Like, Jed Fish is being like a little bit coy of like, we've got two good quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. But like, he has at least stopped saying like, Delora is the starter. <laughs> so, like, we're assuming Fafita yeah. keeps playing here. If it's JD, if it's JDL, give me the beeves. I'm I like, uh, yes. I just want to be clear. If Arizona gets the ball, whenever they get the ball (laughs) and and JDL runs out there, I, my, my, I have a little asterisk there and my pick flips to the beeves. Absolutely. I totally agree. Especially in a big game like this. Holy Moses. It's just be a total mess. (laughs) All right. Let's get to the big game here. 1230 PM on Fox uh, game day. In Salt Lake City, Oregon uh, goes on the road to play the Utes. Oregon is a seven-point favorite on the road. Uh, this game is just fascinating to me because Oregon is good, and Oregon is a is a good team with a good with a decent defense with a good offense. Um, and Utah doesn't give an f, man. They do not care. Uh, like, like, and it is so tough to play at Salt Lake City. And we've talked about this in. I mean, we've been covering this conference for multiple years. Um, I didn't give them the credit they deserved when they played UCLA. Um, I, I just assumed that like Dante Moore didn't stink. And um, I'm like, ah, whatever, you know, Utah doesn't have like half their players and man, it doesn't matter. Like Utah, Utah has a great defense. They're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. 
Um, but I'm curious what the matchup is here with the numbers because basically, like Cam Rising ain't coming back, and this is this this team is the yeah. team. Like, what what actually is this team in the numbers compared? So this to is number seven in Oregon at 21. Utah, uh, Oregon's offense comes in number three overall in Beta Rank. Um, having a good year, having a real good year. They're at 10 overall in effective rush, <clears throat> number six in effective pass. Now this Utah defense also has some injuries, but they're at number four overall in beta rank currently. Um, they have been a little bit susceptible to big plays, number 18 overall in explosive drives. They have the number two overall defense and effective rush. That I can't wait to see this matchup against this Oregon run game. Um, they're at 13 overall in effective pass, and I think this is going to be another good check on on this Utah pass defense. They had a pretty good week last week against a USC off, you know, USC offense that I do think has some problems, but still I think has a legitimate passing game. Um, and they did, you know, put Caleb Williams through it a little bit. I'm interested to see this game though, because like I do think Oregon, even though if they're going to, they're not necessarily going to, I don't think, break a ton of runs. Um, but they're going to be able to at least rely on the run game a little bit. Flip it around. This is where the Oregon, you know, advantage really comes <laughs> in. So Utah's offense is at 57 overall in beta rank. They're at 16 in effective rush. They're at 100 in effective pass. Now, look, I do think with Barnes, they're a little bit better than they were with Nate Johnson. And there's definitely some Nate Johnson data in here. Um, but they get a Oregon defense, which is 25 overall in beta rank. Um, and they're at 21 in effective rush versus 38 in effective pass. So they are going to match up fairly well with what Utah is going to want to do. Um, and that's probably a bad, a little bit of bad news for this, this Utah team. Cause like, look, you're going to be able to go and put up points against USC. Like you, you can have a get right game against USC's defense. Everyone will, <laughs> um, this Oregon defense isn't spectacular. They're just kind of on the sunny side of like middle of the road in the power five, but they're better at stopping the run. And that's the one where I do think like that, that could spell a little bit of trouble for this Utah team. Um, you know, beta rank has it at, I mean, it opened at six beta rank. It had it at 5.99 naive spread. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the predicted score leans more towards Oregon a little bit because of um, that, that gap, um, you know, that you, you Oregon is better at defending the run um, and, and, and it's higher than that six that it opened at. What did it, it what did it move to seven. seven? So yeah, I mean, it moved in the direction of um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, I think that gap is probably, where Oregon's run defense is probably a big advantage coming into this. Um, Cause this, like we talked about like this Utah offensive line isn't great either. Like, I mean, look, I mean, I, I I've got some hate mail from Utah fans, about like not believing in them this season, <laughs> even though they've, they've gotten to like, yeah, have your team. Is freaking well, I mean, come, come on, on man. man. Like, <laughs> like, you, you also are just getting into the harder part of your schedule a little bit too. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but this, this is going to be like, this is going to be a really tough matchup for them. Like I, th- this isn't a half a team getting drugged by Caleb Williams. I mean, Oregon is a much more complete team. They're a much more complete offense. Um, and they are certainly like at least a respectable defense. Um, and that's where I do think like, you know, look, they're not UCLA. They're not going to like totally shut down Utah. Um, but I do think they're going to slow them down enough that that's a problem. And, and yeah, I, even on the road, I mean, like, and Utah is tough at home. I mean, real tough at home, but I, I like the ducks. Yeah. I, I, so, um, when I was doing the lines before I had it at five, but I actually had it at 10 Oregon by 10 and I'm giving Utah like a five point home, uh, advantage because they're just the truth there. I mean, they really are excellent. I just, Rob, I don't like, I don't trust this Oregon team. I don't like, I just, <laughs> they're good. They're good. I get they're good. But like, I was not surprised that Washington beat them. Um, oh man. But like, I mean, I say not, this is like, I mean, not to anger Washington fans more after what I said about them. <laughs> like, but Oregon, I mean, legitimately, Oregon and I like don't bring any post game win expectancy crap to me. Like every time I see people put those numbers out, I'm just like, what is this? Like who came up with this? Um, like Oregon, Oregon, based on the drives that actually took place in the game, should have put up more points in Washington. I mean, real. I mean, like 
you know, Dan Lanning kicks a field goal and I don't mind the aggressiveness and Oregon wins. It's uh, like, don't get me wrong. Like I just like, there's, they're not a complete, like, they're not some amazing like juggernaut team. Like the defense would have to be a lot better. I do trust this offense and I can't wait to see this offense against this defense. This is one of the best matchups of like units in college football this weekend. Oh, it's going to be so fun. This is going to be a great game. Like Utah is going to bring, I'm going to take the points. I don't, I don't like seven. I understand what I'm doing too with this, right? I mean, seven like, is does seven does feel like a lot actually. Like I mean, seven feels, but oh, <laughs> I know they yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like, but again, like right, if if they were playing this on a neutral field, I would take Oregon. Yeah, um, I, I think Oregon absolutely covers on a neutral field. Um, I think that the home field just makes this a a bigger difference than it should be. Um, and I really do think that that defense is going to bring the noise um, and really try to, to make Nick's earn it. Um, and he could because Troy Franklin is a freaking band. Like, he is awesome. Well, and I mean, and Nick's uh, was injured last year, you know, when they played, right? I mean, like that, yeah. I mean, um, you know, like you have a healthy Nick's. Oregon wins last year. Yeah, I, I, I think seven is a lot. Like, this is going to be, I think this is a close game, and I think, uh, you know, I, I, there is a scenario obviously where Oregon wins by 14. Yeah. I don't know if there's a scenario where they win by 20, no. right? I, no. I think that, I think there's that no Utah's scenario where either of these teams, win by, unless you have like five turnovers, barring some like massive turnover imbalance, this is going to be a close game. I got to go back and look and see, was Nick's hurt when they played? I know Williams. Yeah. He got hurt. that injury in the, um, he got that injury in the Washington game. Remember? On that run, oh, yeah, like right. so, he's kind of limping right. around. That's the one thing yeah. that with this game is like, I mean, Knicks can keep it alive, um, and that could be a problem. But I mean, like the main thing, like, look, I mean, if Oregon can't, I mean, and there's a possibility because Utah's run defense is really good, and but I mean, maybe even with Barton out. But if Oregon can't run, oh, buddy, this could be a long day. Like this could just be a real tight game. Like at, at which point, like, or, I mean, like it's Oregon by three or something, which two guys take the Utes. I think they'll, oh, it's tough to say. Cause I really do think Utah's run defense is so good. <laughs> and they're so, they are so good and so gap sound. And they have been for two straight years. Um, oh God. Like give me the Utes at home. Like I, I can't, it's a night game, right? Like, or is it three, or is it three thirty? No, it's a day oh, game. Oh, no, it's, no. It's, Give yeah, me Oregon then. No, no. If it's, if it's, if it's, if the sun <laughs> is shining, the sun is shining. <laughs> like. <laughs> so, so there, there was, um, uh, I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were talking basically about like the night games versus the day games and how a game during like the same game played at noon looks uh, like eight, like eight hundred percent dumber and like less imposing than a game at night when the the lights oh, are shining yeah. on the helmets and stuff. Like, what is that? No, I don't, no. But if like, you if you matter, told right? me like if you're listening, if you like if you asked me to like put out a spread for LSU Alabama and it's at LSU right and it's a day game in Baton Rouge versus a night game, it's three points to LSU if it's a night game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um i think you are right to some extent that that would be a really interesting experiment to see like what time of what day is the yeah difference that would be a good one in, yeah but um all right well we're both taking utah i think we have the same picks this week i'm curious to yeah, see how I'm writing we, uh, your coattails the last time we did this yeah the last time we done that we did this we did all right um all right. Well, we will we will return next week. I am back and and on fire. Been doing really well uh, picking against the spread the last couple of weeks. I think uh, the one thing that worries me, we said this before we recorded, was a lot of the a lot of the lines that I had picked ended up being the lines like very close to what Vegas set, and I'm like, oh no, that means that Vegas is on the, on these teams. Also, they understand. So um, with that said, like I think I think most of these lines are real strong. Yeah. Um, and I don't see a lot of real opportunities here that really jumped out. Um, I had thought that Washington state was that, but like really going through the numbers, that makes more sense where that line is, is lower than I had anticipated it being. So, um, any last, last thoughts, any other games that you're looking forward to nationally, you're going to cover on the Saturday. Pick? It's a, I mean, it is a bit of a bummer of a week. Um, in a lot of ways on the Saturday six, I mean, like we, I mean like the, the big game last week, of course, was that, um, <clears throat> That game again, you know, with uh, 
the the um Ohio State and uh Penn State, right? And that li- that largely lived yeah. up to the height, I would say. But this week, like it's ugly. I mean, like Michigan's off. <laughs> Florida State's got Wake Forest. Ohio State's got Wisconsin. Georgia, Florida. <laughs> you know, like just not not a bunch of great games. I mean, I, I'm interested to see Texas against BYU only because Ewers is out for a couple weeks. Um, maybe Oklahoma, Kansas turns into a fun one, but not not a not a ton of great games. Duke, Louisville is a pretty good one, but yeah, it's, quarterbacks out. I know yeah. it's it's not it is not a great week. I mean, Oregon like State the, Arizona is like the second best game on the on the national. No, it is legitimately. Well, like, it's a funny. I mean, it is a funny one though because like I was talking about like two weeks ago, favorites covered to a, a huge extent. You know, like and then last week favorites like all the dog like favorites did not cover last week to a huge extent. Um, it'll be interesting to see this week how everyone sort of does. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back. We'll make sure to cover what happened last week. Look forward to week 10. Um, we are in the heart of, uh, of Pac-12 football, which means that we have like legit playoff implications coming up. So we're definitely going to keep an eye on that. Um, stay tuned and we'll catch you next week.